Hey, hey, this is episode 27, Neuroplasticity. This podcast is for parents that want solutions, not just sympathy for the many personal struggles that come with raising children with special needs. Welcome to Parents Have Special Needs Too, and I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Hey, everybody. I would like to talk today about a topic that is really fascinating to me and that I think plays um, can play a critical role in helping our kids with their disabilities, depending on what it is. Now, neuro has to do with the brain, right? So if your child's disability has to do with the brain or its functions, then listen up because you might find some gems here today. All right, let's get started. What is neuroplasticity? Now, you can find a lot of about neuroplasticity on the internet and in scholarly articles and journals, um, and they all share a little bit different definition of what neuroplasticity is depending on the study that they're doing. But for the sake of um, this podcast, I'm taking my definition from an article called Neuroplasticity in Children, which comes from, um, where is it? The Indian Journal of Pediatrics. All right, so that definition is, oops, let me pull up my notes here. Okay, um, the term neuroplasticity is derived from the Greek word plastikos, meaning to form. So neuroplasticity refers to the structural and functional changes in the brain that are brought about by training and experience. Okay, so why am I even bringing up neuroplasticity? And the reason is, is the more people that I talk to, I often find that there's this underlining belief that when you have a mental disorder or disability of some kind that that is affected by the brain and how the brain is functioning, that that's it. Like that's, that's how it is. That's how it's going to be for the rest of your life that the brain is almost broken, you could say. Now, I'm not here to say that that's not what's happening and that's not what's going on. But with all of the new research we are experiencing that we are, we are learning about is showing that what we once thought was permanent may not be as permanent as we thought. That we are now experiencing people that are able to, through understanding neuroplasticity and through understanding how to use that to our advantage, they are able to heal and that the brain is healing, that it's reorganizing. And because it's reorganizing, it's able to process differently. So those things that you are inhibited from or that your kids are, they may not be as final as you once thought. But I want to encourage you, hopefully, by the time I'm done with this podcast and sharing just a little bit, skimming the top about neuroplasticity, that you would be willing to go online and to research your child-specific disability and to see what there might be out there about neuroplasticity and your child's special needs. Now, it depends on what the special needs is, right? If their needs or their issues that they're experiencing are associated with the brain and its processing ability, 
um, then this might be something you want to dive into. If it's something totally unrelated and you already know this isn't going to make a difference, then well, there you go. So, but if it is, and it might, keep listening. All right, let's go back to the article. The vast amount of research in neuroscience and psychology over the past decade has led to new insights about the many ways in which the brain and behavior change in response to experience. This basic issue is being studied at many different levels, in different species and in different timescales. All of the work invariably leads to the conclusion that the brain is not static, but rather is dynamically changing and undergoes such changes throughout one's entire life. Okay, this was fascinating to me because I know that there's this idea out there that we grow up and when we're kids, we've got, you know, we can learn quick and we can do a lot of things quicker. But when we're an adult, we're kind of set. We're not really changing much as or developing in in our brains. And that's not true from what the studies, from what we're studying. We're learning that's not true, that an adult also has a lot of neuroplasticity. So far, the research is showing that you still have more neuroplasticity as a child, but you still do have quite a bit and can do a lot of changing and developing as an adult too. And this is something that's, um, that we've been studying over a decade ago. In the July 2008 Atlantic Monthly, Nicholas Carr said that the human brain is infinitely malleable. James All, professor and director of neuroscience at George Mason University, said even the adult mind is very plastic. So I actually want to digress here a minute and just make a small side point, which is this. If you feel like you have just ruined your children because you're new at the parenting thing and there wasn't a class on this and you weren't sure what to do when you initially started parenting your child, especially your first or second one, right? Is that there's probably a lot of mistakes you made or maybe looking back, you're thinking, man, I wish I had done that differently or because I did it that way. I think I've ruined my child because now they're struggling with this thing and this thing and having an issue, right? Whether it's a special need or not. But because we're learning this as far as like emotional issues or mental issues um, or even different health issues, right? That we are learning that our brain has the ability to heal, to change, even as an adult. And so the things that that there is space to have grace for yourself. There is space to realize that there can be healing, that there you can come back from different experiences in your life that may have been detrimental to you or, or you in your childhood or to your kids and theirs. So this is one aspect of neuroplasticity and neuroscience that I really, really love is to understand that these things aren't permanent and that there is space for healing. Even as an adult, you just got to figure out how to use it, which is something I'm not necessarily addressing in this podcast, but have in previous ones when you are talking about the way you think, feel, um, managing your mind in that way. Those are different kinds of ways that you can intrinsically 
train the brain and help change the processes, right? And that's why mindfulness and meditation are also um, gaining a lot of traction and popularity because this is a way to do that, right? And we talk about it in terms of lowering stress, right? That those things lower stress because the chemicals that run through our bodies when we are stressed often make us sick, Okay, but I'm going to stop myself right there because this this side tangent's getting longer and longer. Okay, so let's go back. All right, the last thing I wanted to address about neuroplasticity is that scientists are finding that when the chemistry of our body changes, okay, and our chemistry can change based on experiences that we have. Okay, so every time we have a thought, for example, there is a chemical exchange that happens in our brains on a molecular level. And these chemical exchanges, the chemicals involved change depending on the thought. And what I mean by the thought, right, is the neural pathway that's being used, the emotion that is uh, results from that thought or the emotion that's fueling that thought. It changes the whole chemistry of, of that experience or that neural movement in your brain. Okay, so when that happens, and we do that over and over and over again, scientists are finding that the actual expression of your DNA can change. Okay, that your DNA can change based on the chemicals of your body. And what I mean by change is which genes are being expressed, which traits are being expressed. Okay, so and this can definitely affect and possibly be a game changer for people that have genetic disorders. Okay, it just depends on what else is going on with their genes, with their DNA and what's happening. So it's it's you have to look at the whole picture and see what else is happening. But for some of you out there, that might be something really useful to look into. So if you type in neuroplasticity, DNA, chemistry, or neuroplasticity, um, and then the disorder that your child has, right? And if that disorder involves genetics, then that will be addressed. All right, guys, that's what I got for you today. Um, hopefully that was helpful for some of you. I know that might not be helpful for some of you at all, and that's all right. But if it was, hopefully it can help you on your journey as you're raising your child with special needs. See you next week. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next Friday with another podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Take care. <laughs>